Happy Friday, people. We are back in business. And I've got to be honest, folks, I'm feeling the pressure this week. And I'll tell you why. Uh, my lovely co-host here often provides us with notes prior to the show with results and things that we're going to talk about. A bit of a sketch, if you get what I'm saying. And at the top of this, I see the uh, wrestling podcast episode number 39 and the date of release, which is great. And then the intro usual good stuff i mean god lord that's a lot of pressure right like i mean it's it's a compliment and i'm delighted but man every have the utmost faith it's just eating away at me and you know when i see it written down there in black and white i'm like what am i actually gonna say so anyway i thought i'd share this with you and just so you know if you're feeling the pressure i too am listening anyway we're back it is the wrestling podcast that's wrestling spelled w-r-s-t-l-i-n-g we're talking all of the graps but without the e but of course me and g we're not anti-e we are simply pro wrestling my name is liam the garofalo himself is here his name is gareth hey and we're absolutely delighted to have your company once again really hope you guys enjoyed the show last week with the fantastic uh unit manasse and shota and mr haku on the show really really fun conversation getting to learn all about gang pro so i hope you guys enjoyed that got a fun one this week because we're going to be talking about gang pro we're going to be talking about choco pro and the one-of-a-kind tag league and we also have a very special interview with none other than chris sabin yes that's correct as in motor city machine guns chris sabin unbelievable me from 2000 and whatever cannot believe what's happening yeah. right here i remember um at one of the coventry super shows back in 2004 2005 that Chris Sabin was that I remember sort of we sort of got to meet him and I remember telling him he was my favorite wrestler on the scene at the time yeah man absolutely you know he was the you know all the hesitation drop kick and the, the future shock like he had the coolest moveset and that's I feel like his stuff it, he's up there in terms of those guys that have had their stuff nicked or recycled or mm. you know repackaged or what have you but it's one of the things we touched on in the interview is the impact that they actually well pun intended that they actually had on the scene you know back then because you think of that group of guys and girls you know from the early noughties that were doing ring of honor and then tna etc they basically crafted what has come to be known as sort of main event mainstream wrestling yeah i you mean if you're at... not wrestling that sort of style now you're a bit of an outsider yeah yeah it's fascinating really so it was, it was good to get his views on that yeah, really fun interview um, with Chris. Big thanks to our pals at Inside the Ropes and, of course, Impact Wrestling for letting us in on that one. Um, and if you more of a reader than a listener or you want to read it after you listen to it, why the hell not? Um, the interview will be up on itrwrestling.com as well. Right, let's get into this then, mate. Where are we going to start? Chucky P? Yeah, yeah, let's dive into the one-of-a-kind tag league. Yeah, I love this concept. Yeah, what do you think? Real excited for it. Something different to start Season 8 off. I thought it was quite ambitious as well for Chocker Pro. You know, there's quite a lot of teams to manage here. You know, two two blocks as well. Yeah. I'm super excited for it. And I think they've got some really good teams in the mix as well. Definitely. And, you know, it's just a great way to kind of format shows moving forward for this season as well. You know, having, uh, I don't know if it's going to be the case throughout, but having two block matches one from block a one from block b i'm assuming like going forward like this show uh yeah it's just a really cool way of of you know promoting future chocker pro shows yeah 100 and i'm all about the tag wrestling it's great stuff and it's exciting as well because you know well we'll see if i'm proven wrong here but my view is that tag leagues uh seldom favor the champions uh, and our powers Balinaki and Mesa of course, the best bros are involved in this. Mm. And I'd be amazed if they come out on top because that's just not how it tends to yeah. go with tag leagues at all. And then what you get as a result is a fresh new challenger. So it's all very exciting. I like I like the look and feel of this. Definitely. You know, I do think the the sort of belts are in, in jeopardy. Whoever whoever comes out on top of this. Mm. Interesting stuff. Actually, should we just go through the competitors? Uh, all the teams for yes, the show. absolutely. Just okay. you know, just in case you're not aware of uh, who's taking part, the the eight teams involved. We've got a, a A block and a B block of uh, four teams in each, um, and they're going to do a, a round robin. And it's uh, two points for a victory, one for a 
draw and zero for a loss. Nil point. So we've got the best bros, uh, Mace Ruga and Balinaki. We've got the tr- Asia Dream Tag Team Champions. Indeed, yeah. Uh, Tropical Wild. <laughs> it's a it's a mix of Kawaii and Wild, isn't it? I was mm-hmm. I failed miserably. Um, that's um, Saki and Yuna Mizumori or Yunamon. Uh, the Dragon Ninja team of Sayori and Shiryu. And the Wasoi Anaki uh, team of Ayumi Hayashi and Ryu Mizunami. It's a very big deal these days. Um, so that's your A block. And then B block, we've got the Egg Tarts. Um, good to see those guys in there. Um, Misakaya, which is uh, Minoru Fujita and Sakaya. We got a uh, white Kamenechi, no longer black Kamenechi, white Kamenechi, uh, which is uh, Tokiko Kirihara and Antonio. Antonio, Antonio. Perfect wrestler. Antonio, Antonio Honda. And Melt Brain Dancing, uh, Psycho and Chango. I'm absolutely pumped that they're in this. Um, love seeing those guys around yes. Choco Pro. I was super impressed with them. Was it last season or the season before they joined? Just really, really cool as a team. So, hey, that's an exciting lineup. Lots of good, good matches uh, ahead of us here. And, you know, this uh, Choco Pro 127 was the uh, the first of the tournament and two very good matches indeed. So we had um, absolutely Best Bros against uh, Tropical Wild and Melt Brain Dancing and uh, Egg Tarts. Yeah, great stuff. And um, what, what were your thoughts, G? Yeah, I thought two goodies to kick us off. So the first match on the show was the Melt Brain Dancing and uh, the Egg Tarts, which Chango and Psycho pulled out the victory with a sort of pretty, you know, impactful looking double team move. Um, on on poor old Che. Can we talk about Che for a second? Of course, yeah, dive in. I honestly, every time Che makes her entrance, it it puts me on edge. I yeah. don't know if this is because I have a small <laughs> child edge. now and then I see danger everywhere. Um, but when she bursts through the the curtain with that foil, I'm thinking, oh man, this this you know somebody's eye is going to get. Ah, uh, it. no, it's got that little that little protector on it, the little pool noodle protector. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I somebody with that much energy should not be able to wield a weapon, be it blunt or otherwise. I think they should remove that from her immediately. And Definitely I'm, not. I like I like my Che. You know, <laughs> it's integral. She makes me very happy with the, with her catchphrases. Yeah, awesome I mean, stuff. if you don't say hello back, you are dead inside. Oh yeah, come on. Like, I mean, even if you're not watching live, you have to you have to say hello back. It's yeah, the law. And, and hola as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Of course you do. The, the egg tart team, they're just the juxtaposition between. <laughs> they're just like chalk and cheese. Like how how are they a, a, a unit, a cohesive unit? But yet somehow it just works perfectly. Yeah, it really does. Hagane's sort of Chaka Pro's answer to Sonata, isn't he? You know, he's, <laughs> he's so commuted in his, his responses and stuff like that, but it does really work, you know, when he's pa- paired with Che like this. So, yeah, I was really torn on this match because I kind of wanted both teams to win. Mm, mm. Yeah, it, I... I was in a similar boat you know i i i'll be hand on heart though i was i was rooting for egg tarts yeah yeah okay fair enough i just i love uh psycho and chango's tag team offense they do a lot of sort of fun lucha stuff which i think works really well on the mats you know and uh, i was also really into there was a one point where one of the one of them i forget which one um was on the outside of the the window and we're just going like back and forth attacking i think it was che um going from window to window coast to coast which i thought was really comical and the whole thing with the um the ice spray as well they kept uh mm. kept attacking attacking people with and poor emmy as the referee you're just getting caught in the middle of it and clearly poor damaging emmy. her shoulder and you know I, I, not the shoulder no we, come on we gotta look after every sakura here she's got national treasure yeah absolutely we're not even from the same country um an international treasure she's an international treasure an absolute genius um so yeah but that was it was really good fun lovely opening match really enjoyed this and you know both teams are going to do big things no doubt about it so just want to say if emmy sakura is any more of a national treasure nick cage would try and steal her 
<laughs> oh, oh, I love it. Nicky Gage making his podcast debut. <laughs> I'm amazed we got to episode 39. With that. <laughs> He'll be back. But there we go. He's gone in 60 seconds. Um, right. So next up uh, on the block A, we had Best Bros and then uh, Saki and Unamamamon, Unamamamwa. Again, really fun stuff. Really liked actually the team of Saki and Unamon. Yeah. So really colorful and fun. Tree, yeah, it was really good stuff. And I think Yoon is probably one of my favorites at the moment. Yeah. Um, and same. she actually features on the gang pro show as well. So we can yeah. talk about a bit more there. As well. double G. But yeah. Um, I just, I think I've drawn the comparison before to her and Jordan Grace. Mm. Sort of a similarity there because they're sort of body type similar and they're both sort of explosive. You know, they've got that sort of first step. Um, explosivity which I always enjoy it's what Kenny Omega has as well mm-hmm. which is super interesting um, but I just I always think she does her moves look compact for what I like I'm a big fan of like a low clothesline or yeah. a basement clothesline or... I love I just I'm in love with her um, seated um, crossbody yes, that she does absolutely just rules yeah. that's all cool stuff to me but I felt like the, the story of this match for me was Aki and Saki you know mm. The man Aki hit Saki with a chop that literally knocked her into the yeah. So but you could I, see time moving past her as she fell. It was, I couldn't quite believe how hard he hit. I wonder if you would agree, but it felt like Best Bros had more of a kind of subtle heelishness about them in this. I match. thought so, yeah, a real intensity. Um, you know, because we've seen May doing some pretty mean and dastardly things but sort of Aki always is there to like rein her in yes but it felt like you know he was willing to kind of do whatever to to win here really well case in point was the finish of the match right where you know Yuna had been favoring her her injured knee Aki locks her in a submission hold and he is yanking on that really working that hold yeah and he was like jamming it into the mats and it looked bruising it and yeah yeah Anything you do to do to get that, yeah, more so than I think we've we've seen. Yes, it was interesting, an interesting new wrinkle, and the fact that he didn't get the win as well uh, only adds more fuel to the fire. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to follow that one. Actually, I wonder if they're starting to feel the heat. Mm, you know, heavy as the head wears the crown. Hey, but let's talk about our nice new gear because we haven't had a chance to yet. It's beautiful, isn't it? Oh man, doesn't it look great? They yeah. look they look a good a good pair. Absolutely. But yeah, don't turn here on us, guys. Come on. Come on. Won't be able <laughs> to have be you back ha- on the It'd podcast. be too heartbreaking. Yeah, we can't have heels on the show. <laughs> yeah, really good stuff. I love this concept as well. Um, you know, with uh, Chocobro doing a, a tag league and you've got teams of different genders, you've got mixed teams. It's great. It's really, yeah. really fun. I'm one of a kind indeed. So very and much looking forward to following that. Just completely and entirely Chocobro. Exactly, exactly right. Okay, wonderful stuff. And let's move on to the well, gang bit. Just oh. want to draw attention to <laughs> little little bit at the end of this this show that I was not expecting. Indeed, indeed. But, so I was just I was uh, so I watched it uh, like a twenty four hours after the the show took place due to the sort of time difference. And uh, yeah, it was just after after the Jenkin. I was just kind of, uh, I think, had still on the background still, was just making a cup of tea, and heard heard my name. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so nice, so so nice. So yeah, uh, birthday wishes from none other than the leader of the pencil army, yeah, Lulu Pencil. And uh, are you happy for me to reveal your birthday <laughs> <Yeah>. present? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> So I, I decided to purchase Gareth uh, his own set of pink dungarees, so he too could be part of the pencil army. Hence, Lulu shouting him out. Um, so, and if you want to see a picture of that, then you know oh, what God. to do. Tweet us at Wrestling Pod. That's Wrestling Without the E. <laughs> I really am part of the pencil army now. You are part of the pencil army, so we'll get that done. Um, big shout out to yeah. Lulu and to Aki. For yeah, thank you out. so much. Yeah, top people, top top people. Okay, wonderful. Wasn't, yeah, stuff. wasn't expecting that one at, at all. <laughs> good stuff and you enjoyed your birthday right you had a good time had a lovely birthday yeah thank you made a ridiculous cake that's been my my lockdown birthday tradition is just making a very ostentatious ridiculous cake for myself so last year it was chocolate and peanut butter four layers 
Reese's peanut butter cups decorating it, chocolate ganache, the works. It was you know, ridiculous. And this year I went for one of my other favorite flavor combinations, cherry bakewell. So it was four layers of uh, almond flavor sponge, uh, cherry jam between the layers, and then a cherry flavored buttercream all around the outside and decorated with uh, halved cherry, like uh, Mr. Kipling cherry bakewells. <laughs> And if you'd like some cakes ordered, that's at Wrestling Pod on Twitter, <laughs> Wrestling About the E. Um, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Man makes good cakes, no doubt about that. Do you know what I really like, by the way, just on a tangent? Rice Krispie cakes. You know, less. Is that a pointed well, comment? I, th- I think that they're probably beneath you, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I don't think you can beat a Rice Krispie cake. They're very good. Do, so, yeah. Um, shout out to Rice Krispie cakes. Um, all right. Okay. Gang by Joshi. Let's, let's have a talk about this. So yeah, really fun. Ganjo. 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 What's that sound I hear every morning? Get, no, what am I doing? Um, it, was, it was really fun talking to the guys last week. About oh, it was. It really was. Gambari. Excuse me, Gangbari. My terrible pronunciation strikes again. Yeah, I just found it really interesting, the feeling behind the promotion, mm. you know, the real sense of wanting to upset the odds and it was an underdog story as much as anything and you really got that from you know both both Shota and Yuna as well and I it was an interesting watch this actually I always think when you've had a chance to speak to these wrestlers before Mm. the show it adds so much oh absolutely you you look out for different things and you know just just right off the bat you know Yuna was um talking about wanting gang pro to get its own ring apron and all that sort of stuff and you do immediately your eyes drawn to the fact that it's very blank almost yeah it's quite stark isn't it yeah it is yeah um it really felt to me it reminded me of going to an indie show Mm, very much so yeah yeah. it had that feel didn't it and it felt like a live crowd show you know it was it was sort of played for the live crowd much more so than it was for the camera which that's not a criticism just an observation and it was nice to see really because that's i I miss going to indie shows truthfully so yeah it was really nice but you can kind of you can see where where they're at relative to say ddt for example Mm. you know it is a slightly different ball game but yeah you know clearly the the talent's there and definitely you know there's there's they've got something they really have got something I, i enjoyed this show and they've got lots of wrestlers that most of whom I hadn't seen before, admittedly, and would like to see more of now. So there's clearly something there, but you just they they obviously need that that backing, that support to kind of help help yes. kick on. Well, you know, we're we're part of the we've been officially welcomed into the Gambare family. Yeah, that made me so happy. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so nice. such a warm, such a warm welcome. Um yeah, and I think yeah, I would definitely encourage people to tune in i think this was an interesting show to start off with because i think obviously not one of their standard shows you know where it was uh like their kind of where it was ganjo rather than standard you know gan gan pro um and then we had a unusual kickboxing rules match in the middle of the card as well okay let's just talk about that since you've raised it what did you make of that? I'm fascinated to hear what you thought of this. So, I was I, the thing was I w- really wasn't sure what to make of it. So yeah. I've um, it felt uh, yeah I think it maybe from my perspective it felt like it maybe went a little bit long, and it did feel a little bit uncomfortable. But I do wonder whether if I knew what uh, Mirko uh, was saying, it would have given it some levity. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It seemed like the crowd were sort of laughing along with it. Yeah. So, you know, but to my mind, it was just her like crying and getting beaten up. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think we we suffered from a lack of context there yeah. without, without question. And, you know, a lot of the, the shots that put her down seemed pretty, <laughs> pretty genuine and pretty yes. direct and i couldn't i couldn't quite tell where this was like is is this worked is it somewhere in between i just it yeah. was a weird one because then in round three they went they they all started being some wrestling and wrestling submission stuff you know some ground based some grappling and yeah so i wasn't sure what was going on here so okay you know devoid of context it did leave me a little bit confused but yeah. then everything either side of that was wonderful was yeah, yeah. was really enjoyable 
Yeah, I just okay. was, that just left that just left me kind of scratching my head. But it did make me want to see more of uh, Miyako Matsumoto. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm not on my own on that actually because yeah, I was sort of bewildered. Like she we... seemed like a really interesting personality. Like, yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah I thought she sure. she came across as like having bundles of you know natural. She seemed like she had like a lot of natural charisma. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And throw, throw some interesting strikes as well. I mm. thought some of the kicks looked quite good. But um, yeah, it, it was a weird one, that's for sure. And again, I would have definitely been grateful for some more context. And you can actually see as well, you know, they're getting you know, Mark and Stuart and Iraqi or Chris Brooks on the uh, yeah. on the commentary side. You know, it's something like Gang Pro where they're, they're trying to break a new audience. And it is a is the more unknown of the of the products they would really benefit from having those guys here you know talking through the show i think even just having like a one-man booth to provide like quite you know basic just contextual commentary yeah would be helpful just in the first instance just you know, haku, if it, mr yeah. haku or, yeah. or shota for that matter yeah, yeah would, be, would be really really helpful yeah um you know so you know just just some tiny bits of constructive criticism you know overall very enjoyable show but Indeed. yeah just that just you know i wasn't sure quite what to make of that one yeah what was your favorite match on the show Ooh, probably the main event interesting i thought it was really you know having watched the the video of uh yuna uh being the uh uber eats driver <laughs> I had a little bit more context for this one and yeah. I just thought it was really I thought it was really interesting and really enjoyed um you Yamagata. You just seemed like such a great sort of wily veteran. Mm, yeah, I liked I liked you a lot actually. Yeah. Um I, it's not somebody that I'd seen before either. No, no. You know, and I'd I'd seen the name around and I just wondered if it was another because there's another you. I thought it was that and you. I just yeah, that's mm. who I thought it was gonna be. I just thought, oh, I didn't realize she had a surname. Mm. <laughs> to, to you know, to my silliness. Um, but yeah, I just I really enjoyed seeing um, Yuna go at it. I you know I found I I just thought all four were really interesting to watch. Yeah, and sort of brought a lot to the table. Um, but I did really enjoy the interaction in the. Asuka and Shota match against uh, Shiori, Asai, and uh, Sasamura. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, I echo your sentiments for the for the main event. And just from a performance perspective, I really enjoyed what Yuna brought to the table. Thought, and they weren't yeah. they weren't kidding uh, last week when they said it's a very shouty promotion. <laughs> no, they were not. They were not. No, again, I kind of like that though. Yeah. It's good. It's a, it's an ID. But yeah, this um for me the co-main was um probably my favorite match mm. on the uh, on the show so what what particularly stood out about that feeling a couple of things so i was i was very impressed by the the two wrestlers that i hadn't seen before mm. so mm. ayame sasamura and shiori asahi deeply apologize for the poor pronunciations once again um that again i hadn't seen either of those too. I thought they were really, really impressive. Mm. So I really liked um, Asai's aesthetic, where he had sort of like the martial arts or mm. sort of karate-looking sort of trousers going on, and I just thought he, he, he had some interesting offense and was was impressive. But Sasamore is probably the one that really stood out for me. She had that kind of again not dissimilar to yuna um she had that sort of extra extra skip in her step when mm -hmm. she was wrestling and you know the exchanges with asuka in particular were great but look man i, I really think asuka is a full-on top tier talent they've got something really special yes the, the more i see the more i think right at the top of the food chain in in terms of the work in the ring just so so good question i wanted to ask you mm. and we sort of asked this last week with yuna but i'd be interested in your perspective you know as like a fan with someone like asuka do you think it hinders them or it helps them they're a freelancer in japan and sort of the context for this is do you think yeah you know, if you're 
a freelancer you're making these kind of one shots everywhere yeah does that hold you back slightly in terms of you seeing some progression or sort of character evolution or things like that or is it cool that you know that you you see them in seedling or you see them in you know all these different promotions chucky p for example i i do really like it as a fan getting to sort of see you know people i'm excited about pop up and get to face people they likely otherwise wouldn't but it, it does suggest that maybe they can't have that rocket strapped to their back and be like shot to the top of the pecking order because you know there's they could just wander off and not come back yeah it's, it's tricky isn't it and i suppose in in a way you know oscar has that bedding with seedling where they've got a couple of belts to their name mm-hmm. um so maybe that's where you go if you want to see the you know show on show progression for example mm-hmm. but yeah i thought i thought it was an interesting an interesting one because you know rena yamashita is another one um he's a, a freelancer and you see her pop up all over the shop and it's good fun you know she pops up in tokyo josh pro she pops up in chucky p and you're right it is interesting seeing these people wrestle in different environments against different wrestlers that they hadn't come across mm-hmm. or we haven't seen them come across but yeah, I just wonder if it does stunt your progression yeah. ever so slightly. And, and, you know, it does sometimes, yeah, I, for me, I, it does make me feel like chances are they're probably going to be on the losing end. Yes, that's a really good point. Yeah, does it slightly telegraph it? It's a really stretchy comparison, but in the UK scene, before things shut down, you know, most of these, a lot of the guys have been snapped up by NXT UK, but at that point they were still allowed to work on a lot of the indie shows. But for me, when I saw them, it almost felt like an exhibition match. You know, it didn't necessarily feel like they were part of the show, if you see mm. what I'm saying, mm. because you know that their, their, their fates are sort of determined elsewhere to an extent. Yeah. So it almost felt like they were slightly adjacent to the show as opposed to being a full-blown part of it. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. So there's a bit of that. Anyway, big old tangent there. Um, but interesting, interesting one. Really liked um, Oscar's performance in this. Also, Shota, just, he's fantastic, right? He is. Um, yeah, I really wonderful. feel like he's he's somebody that could go and do big things. Mm, yeah. Truly really good stuff um i I enjoyed just askers and shota's interactions here um you know asker being reluctant to make sort of tags early on and giving him a little slap around the head at the conclusion of the (laughs) the match Did, did they did that remind you of anything uh so it was the same as um same thing happened similar in the opening match here i thought it was interesting that we had that but also uh may yeah sure sure okay with you know those those are both fair the the thing it reminded me of was particularly with shota's eddie guerrero sort of tribute. Uh, yeah eddie in china yeah 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 yeah. you know because she was yeah she used to sort of tower over eddie in the same way that oscar towered over shota here and i think it, it yeah it immediately struck me like gosh wow they should keep going with this this is a really good good it's, little team yeah, I like it's a really this. it's a really fun team isn't it yeah so great stuff so yeah lots lots of fun on this show lots of really good stuff um i'll definitely be coming back for some more gangbare and hopefully we can cover some more here be interested to see like a, a gangbare proper show now i guess yes. yeah definitely. See what the differences are there but if you haven't had a chance to check them out please do i really do think uh, if you're into your ddt or Tokyo Josh Pro, or some of the other promotions that we talk about regularly on the podcast, you're probably going to get something uh, Gang Pro. So do check that out up on Wrestle Universe. Lovely. So uh, I think that's us just about wrapped up with our two shows we were looking at this week. So we'll be right back with our interview with Chris Sabin. Welcome back, folks. Okay, we are about to head over to my interview with Chris Sabin. If you haven't seen Chris's work before, Chris's was a absolutely huge deal um on the u.s indie scene for the sort of the big boom period in the mid-noughties a massive part of that whole thing in in terms of ring of honor exploding the old nwa tna which is now impact yeah he was a huge part of both of those promotions 
same goes for new japan he's featured over in new japan fairly regularly as well and back in impact he's even uh won the heavyweight championship as well so Mm -hmm. he's done a lot of good stuff had some bad luck with injuries a recent which we we talk about and he's, he's very frank about which is which is fascinating as an insight but I suppose the main thing that you might know Chris from is the Motor City Machine Guns with Alex Shelley, just one of the best and most influential mm. tag teams of the modern era. So, so good. You know, you can literally see their DNA on practically every high-profile tag team in the US scene, certainly. You know, from the Young Bucks through to someone like uh, the Rascals, for example. So, really fun conversation with Chris. Let's throw it over right now. I hope you enjoy it. Chris, very nice to, to make your acquaintance. Firstly, how, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing very well. How about yourself? Yeah, really good, thank you. Really good. I think a uh, young wrestling ma- uh, fan me can't quite believe I'm having this conversation because you, you were one of the guys that you know, was one of the biggest <laughs> deals that I was watching going up. So this is this is incredible. Let's, let's hey, thanks, man. That makes me feel a little old, but <laughs> it feels really good. <laughs> we're, we're both aging, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, unbelievably... It I mean, happens, man, to all of us. <laughs> It, I can't believe it's been nearly a whole year since yourself and Alex Shelley, you know, made your big returns at Slammiversary 2020. I mean, clearly it's been a, a very different experience to your previous run in Impact, what with the whole no fans environment and everything like that. I mean, how do you reflect on the last 12 months? Uh, yeah, uh, nothing but positive thoughts about the last 12 months. Uh, it's been quite a ride, you know, after being out again with another ACL injury. But I feel like I've come back from this injury stronger than the previous two, for sure, without a doubt. I really feel that way. So uh, it's been it's been quite a ride, you know. I'm actually uh, just starting to launch on the rocket of being a singles wrestler, you know. I came mm. back, obviously, with Alex Shelley as a tag team, you know. Then I converted to beer guns with James Storm. And now maybe, you know, it's time to go at it on my own. So, you know, see how Absolutely. that goes. But it's been a good year. Been a good year. You mentioned the your your injury that you, you were coming back from. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, have you had to make any adjustments to your style or to your training in order to stay fit for this run? Yeah, I, for sure. Definitely, without a doubt. I mean, I kind of in the back of my mind, whatever I'm doing, whether it's training or uh, wrestling, you know, competing in a match, no matter what it is, I try to have the, my knees in the back of my mind, even mm-hmm. though they feel good right now. Uh, it's just something I want to avoid. I don't want to go through any sort of knee injuries again. You know, I don't know if I'll be able to, but I'm going to try my hardest not to. Yeah, no, understood. Now, you mentioned Alex Shelley earlier. I have to ask for all the Motor City Machine Gun fans out there. Um, should we expect to see the two of you in a ring together anytime soon? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I prefer to leave that as a surprise, whether it does or doesn't happen, because it's always kind of been like an, you know, an on and off thing. You know, whenever I don't think we're ever going to break up as a team, but we're not going to always be a team. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, you never know. I think it'd just be cool throughout the years for the uh, Motor City Machine Gun to kind of just randomly surprise fans and pop up somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been interesting uh, seeing you team with James Storm uh, over the past 12 months. So what's that experience been like for you? Well, it was cool. I, I've known James for a long time. I worked, you know, side by side with him since I started in uh, DNA back in 2003. So he's always been around. And, uh, you know, it was just it was uh, nice because it was comfortable. Uh, I knew James we were comfortable around each other. We obviously have a history against each other. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty natural transition. Nice. And going back a bit, I wanted to ask, because, you know, yourself and Alex, alongside other names, you know, like AJ Styles, uh, Samoa Joe, Daniels, you guys were part of a, an absolute huge upswing, sort of initially in the US indie scene and then into Ring of Honor and into the heights of what was TNA and now Impact. And the work you did then essentially is sort of shaped how mainstream wrestling is conducted today. You see so many of those moves and so much of that style sort of reflected in today's product. What was it like being a part of that scene at that point? And did you have any inkling of the sort of effect you were having at the time? Yeah, I don't think we had any idea of the effect <laughs> we were having. I think it's just, you know, uh, just all those guys, myself included, were just, uh, you know, fortunate enough to be a part of the evolution of pro wrestling and play an important role in it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to look back and see the effect that we had now. But at the time, I don't think we knew what kind of effect we were really having on uh, the reality of pro wrestling. Mm. Yeah, it's it's incredible, really. And one of the 
one of the things that you're associated with uh, as much as being part of an incredible tag team is also your work in the X division. And something that strikes me now is that the X division style, as it was then, you see guys that were working the X division back in the day, they're now in the main event scene or they're sort of heavyweight wrestlers, if you like. Do you think there's a, a sort of difficult challenge for the X division wrestlers of 2021 to come up with new things or to separate themselves from the pack? I don't think so. I think if you just look at the current crop of guys, I think the, the X division is the strongest it's been in a really long time. Uh, I think, I think, especially if you watch like the hour long Ironman match with TJP and Josh Alexander, Indeed. like, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. Like, like the X division, which is, uh, earned a reputation for being an innovative kind of division of wrestling. I think that reputation still holds up to this day. Uh, and I think that uh, when a wrestler becomes a part of the X division, I think that's, that's part of the reason why is because they're, they're going to offer like something unique, you know, they bring something different and unique to the table, which is, you know, defines the X division. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, but you were saying something about if it was more difficult for guys in the X division to, uh, transcend the X division and become a heavyweight, right? Mm. Mm. And um, I don't know. I, I think I think that the chance for them to move up in the card, I, I, maybe some guys don't want to. Maybe some guys want to be in the X division. But at the same time, I think there's uh, less of a hierarchy in in pro wrestling locker rooms nowadays. I think it's more of like an equal, and people more want each other to succeed. And there's less stabbing in the back going on in wrestling. Oh, that's I, interesting. I, just the way. It, yeah, I, I really think that's how uh, the culture is a lot more and moving more that way nowadays. So uh, I think sort of that, you know, if you're the... good enough, you'll... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I mean, is that no, sort no of problem, problem. evolution over the last sort of five, ten years, would you say, or longer than that? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, the, my generation, I don't know, like my generation and the generation's that uh, come after me, I think we're, they're just, you know, the, the world we grew up in, whatever, how we're forged, we're just really, uh, I think people want to do good. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think just, you know, people are naturally evolving to be better people. And I think that, you know, the, the people are part of pro wrestling. So that, that characteristic is going to carry over in wrestling too. Yeah. No, that sounds like a really positive thing, to be honest with you. That's, that's really, really good to hear. Um, with impact i mean you've been i like to think that whether that's true or not i don't know but you know hey let's let's be optimistic right absolutely it's an i'm sure people i'm sure people think the world is going to hell right now but hey man <laughs> gotta have a little spark of positivity right 100 <laughs> that's what wrestling is all about yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more um see you've been part of impact uh, and you know going as far back as sort of the tna days what are the biggest differences with the company now to when you've been involved previously? Uh, I think it's just, uh, there's more of like a singular vision nowadays. I think back when, uh, you know, back in the day, as you say, in the earlier days, there were just too many cooks in the kitchen, too mm. many people wanting to impose their will on what the company was capable of doing. And I think that, uh, you know, nowadays there's more of a singular vision and people are more of a team and more on the same page. Okay, that's really interesting. And on that as well, you know, going back to when you made your return at Slammiversary last year, how were how were yourself and Alex received um, by the the younger wrestlers? Because you know, you guys are what I would describe as cult heroes in many ways. I mean, were you sort of treated as such, and have people sort of been bending your ear for advice since you've been back? Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy because just to see how the some of the younger guys reacted to us like, yeah, they were they're they're reacting to me the way I would react to, you know, some of the guys that I grew up watching, mm. which was just kind of shocking to me because I never, you know, you, you would never see yourself in that light. And uh, yeah, it was it was really cool. and It's really humbling because, you know, you see the positive effect that you have on people and you end to think like, yeah, uh, just be grateful for that gift. Yeah, sure. And specifically with that match, you, you guys wrestled the Rascals and what was one of the one of the biggest surprises of the night. I mean, how was the experience of wrestling two guys that I would say clearly have been influenced by the Motor City machine guns? So you're almost not wrestling yourselves, but, you know, you're wrestling people that have taken a lot of inspiration from the work you've done beforehand. 
Yeah, I think they were the perfect opponents for our first match back, without a doubt. Uh, I definitely see a younger version of uh, Alex and myself and those guys, and mm. and you know they they have such a great career ahead of them, and you know they're they're on their way. Obviously, they're on their way. Yeah, absolutely. That's so interesting, and uh, I also wanted to ask you about the you know, the locker room as a whole. I mean, are there who's caught your eye since you've been back? Because you know through. You know, the Impact Weekly show and also all the great shows that are on Impact Plus. You've had a chance to step in with sort of old faces and a lot of new faces as well. So has anybody in particular caught your eye thus far? Uh, that I want to get in the ring with? Or just who you've been impressed or, with, who you want to get in the ring with, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to single out anyone because I don't want to like, I don't, I don't you know what I mean? I don't want to make mm. anyone feel bad, like, because everyone has been so impressive. I think the locker room is just top notch right now. And like I said, everyone gets along really well. Everyone is considered, uh, you know, has like a team mindset. Like mm. everyone wants everyone else to succeed because they know if someone else succeeds, then, uh, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships, as Absolutely. they say. Uh, and I think that's definitely true, especially for a company like Impact. Yeah, I mean, if if I could draw a comparison, something that uh, I've spoken about before is I I see a lot of you in Ace Austin. Uh, is that something you've noticed, or is that just is that just me? I, I someone has mentioned that before, but oh, really? I, I've I've also heard people mention that they see Alex Shelley. So maybe it's a little both of us, <laughs> which is cool. Either way, yeah. either way, that that it's really cool to you know just have a positive influence on someone. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, you, you talked about rising tides, and I think that's been one of the the really nice things of 2021 is the with the forbidden door opening, as it were. And you know, we've seen a lot of collaboration between Impact and uh, All Elite Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Years ago, when you were coming up, could you have imagined this sort of cooperation on this scale from from companies of this size? Yeah, I I don't know like this, like you know. As far as work with like New Japan, New Japan has always worked with, uh, you know, U.S. companies, you know, throughout the years or whatever. Mm -hmm. But as far as two major U.S. companies together, I think that's really unique. And, uh, you know, that helps gives the fans a a unique experience. And I don't know, wrestling, just like the popularity of wrestling is getting spread out. And I I think that's really cool. It's not as concentrated Mm -hmm. on one company as it used to be. I think, you know, you know, the the attention span of wrestling fans are a lot more spread out thanks to the Internet and thanks to just being alternative products. So Mm -hmm. uh, AEW and Impact working together is definitely a big part of that. Yeah. What what did you make of um, private parties? I know you had the opportunity to wrestle them a few times as a result of this relationship. Yeah, that was great. I, I really enjoyed doing that with them. I, I it was fun working with them. Uh, they were great guys. Yeah, I just I always, it was awesome. Yeah, they're, they're another team that I think you can see machine guns all over. You know, in terms of the the tandem offense that they've got, and you just sort of feel the the echoes of what you and Alex are doing. Sort of whenever you watch them wrestle, really. Well, thank you. It's extremely cool for you to say that. Um, so, you've obviously been a part of New Japan previously have you given any thought into going the other way with the forbidden door and sort of trying your hand in either new Japan again or AEW? Uh, possibly, you know, I'd be open to it right now. There's i uh, I'm just focused on impact right now, you know, and I just wanted to make sure I was, could stay healthy enough to be able to keep up at, you know, uh, performing as a wrestler just to be able to continue it after this injury you know you never know it's always an element of you know am I going to be able to am I going to be able to wrestle and come back from this injury strong so uh, I think I wanted to give that enough time and just get used to being in the ring again and uh, you know you never know maybe you know next year or something like that or sometime soon you know I definitely like to branch out a little bit more than impact. That's so interesting you're saying about the injury because I I can only imagine the sort of effect that must have on you mentally I mean did you have you done anything with like sports psychology or anything like that in order to get back in the ring or get over that injury? Uh, I, no, I like, I haven't taken any like sports psychology like classes or anything mm. like that. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I've read a lot, you know, and I'm sure I've come across stuff that would fall under the tree of sports psychology mm. and just like a story of like how to stay motivated and how to keep your brain in tip top condition and whatnot, especially through injuries. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing because you're just in an unknown place and all you can do is like, well, I'm going to train as hard as I can and do everything I can possibly do. Right. Listen to my therapists and, just try to do everything right, you know, and, and yeah. it's, it's a big unknown whether you're going to be able to come back strong or not. So how does that play in with, because one thing that I wondered with the, the, the no fan experience is, do you still get that same level of adrenaline that sort of 
almost sort of keeps you focused or keeps you sharp or what's what's that experience been like relative to what you're used to with live crowds yeah it did take a little getting used to especially because uh I, it's just it's just a different you don't feel the people's energy that, that mm. that's something real when you're out there performing in front of people uh and they're lively you know sometimes you're you know, performing in front of a crowd that's not very into what you're doing. And that's mm. okay. That happens sometimes, but uh, just, just the energy of the crowd is something completely different. Uh, the bumps kind of hurt more when people aren't watching it. I don't know why that is, uh, <laughs> you know, for just for some reason, uh, everything hurts a lot more in the ring yeah, when there sure. aren't people watching, but, um, but I don't know. I, I've gotten used to it at this point. So I actually, I'm a little bit more nervous to go back to wrestling in front of people. Like really? that, that kind of scares me a little bit. It gives me butterflies because <laughs> it's been so long, you know, yeah. I, you know, this whole year since I made my return, you know, before that uh, it was over a year before I performed in front of anyone. So it's been like two and a half years since I performed in front of fans, yeah. you know, at, in person anyway, you know, sure. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a little scary. It's a little scary, but you know, I'm psyched for it. Yeah, no, I bet. Absolutely. All right, we've we got to talk about Slammiversary because you've got a crazy, crazy big match coming up with a crazy big man in Moose. What have you made of his evolution over the last year? Because if you look at Moose at, at the sort of almost around the Slammiversary time to the to where he is now, he's, he's quite he's a different proposition in many ways. Yeah. So regardless of my personal differences with him, as a fan, I think Moose is awesome. Hmm. And uh he's just he's great man i i think he's a star and uh um one of the things i respect about him the most is that I, he just really loves wrestling and he has this strong passion for wrestling and i think that really shows through his performances so you know i, I have a lot of respect for this where, where does he rank in terms of the sort of biggest men you've you've been in there if he must be reasonably near the top yeah as far as size goes <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's no abyss, you know, abyss uh, was a little bigger than him. Um, Kevin Nash, you know, a little, little bigger than him. Sure. Uh, those are just two I can think of right now, but I have some big guy experience. So do you have a preference when you're wrestling? Do you, do you enjoy kind of being in there with bigger guys or you just seen to mix it up with people of a sort of similar height? Uh, I, I don't have a preference. Honestly, mm. I kind of like wrestling guys that are a little bit smaller than me because mm. Most of the time, I'm not wrestling guys that are smaller than me, so I can actually have a strength advantage. That doesn't happen often. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this match with Moose, I mean, uh, it's got quite a lot of people talking um, just because it's it's such a different matchup. It feels like a very fresh matchup. From your perspective, what can fans expect from that match? Uh, I think the unexpected. I, I don't even know what to expect. Mm. Um, you know, Moose has a super unique offense. Mm. Uh, he, he can do it all. He's super strong, but he's also super agile. He can do standing moonsaults and Spanish flies and stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm going to have to craft a game plan that's that's really unique against him. So, uh, you know, expect to see a lot of passion on display because I know both Moose and I both love wrestling, both have a strong passion for wrestling. And, you know, hopefully that creates a an entertaining energy for the fans excellent and the, uh, i think the the excitement for slammiversary is massive this year uh, thanks in part in many ways to how exciting it was last year with the the big returns and and the surprises i mean how does that feel for you this time being on the sort of announced card side of things yeah it's cool i i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what the surprises are. Definitely. Uh, I don't want to know, you know, even if I had the chance to know, I wouldn't want to know because I just want to show up that day and see who's there. And last question, you know, you talked about wanting to branch out and do more singles work um, going forward. I mean, what in an ideal world, if we were to sit down in, in 12 months time, you know, what, what would you like to have achieved in the next year? Hmm. That, that is a really good question. And uh, I haven't really thought, that far ahead so i'll just say i'll be celebrating the one year anniversary of you asking me that question <laughs> perfect chris you're an absolute star what a, what a pleasure thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> thank you man thank you and there you have it motor city machine gun chris sabin on the wrestling podcast look mate if uh you know, if we talked about this one, you know, prior to starting the podcast, I don't think either of us would have expected to <laughs> have managed to pull that one off. But again, big thanks to Inside the Ropes and for Impact Wrestling for sharing that interview with us. And you know, really great to speak to Chris. Uh, I thank him for his time. And I hope everybody enjoyed that. So next week's show, what are we going to be doing? <laughs> what are we going to be doing? Uh, I think we're going to be sticking in Japan, right? Seems that way.
we got three very interesting shows in Japan to cover. We've got a big pro wrestling now at Doubleheader. We've got the Cage War, which is going to be absolutely mental. A bloody cage match in pro wrestling now with Kitamiya. Kitamiya, no less. And Nakajima. And the, 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 the loser's hair is coming off as well. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be Kitamiya, hasn't it? I can't imagine a bald <laughs> Nakajima. <laughs> <laughs> like he yeah. doesn't look like the devil already it's, it's gotta be i think there's a hercules thing there i think he'd lose all his power without that beautiful head of hair i don't disagree yeah absolutely and as much as i'm sad to see the aggression split as we spoke about the other week this is going to be a crazy match so looking forward to getting into that one and also muta the world the return of the great muta going up against keno so Lots of fun to be had with Pro Wrestling now, so we've got two shows to cover there. We're also going to be talking about Ice Ribbon. Uh, after the Rain Ribbon, goodbye to our Matsuya Uno. It's uh, Uno's retirement show, so we'll be bidding her a fond farewell and also, oof, going to have to steal ourselves with this one, mate. Crazy main event. Uh, it's going to be the Fantastice title is on the line. It is... Risa Sarah defending Oof. against Rina Yamashita, who won that, uh, was on the winning team for that deathmatch tag tournament that Ice Ribbon held, and as a result gets this title match. Not quite the deathmatch pedigree. Mate, that's going to be absolutely brutal. I mean, like yeah, Risa Sarah's no slouch on that stuff as well, so crikey. There we go, three big shows to cover next week. Very much looking forward to that. And I think, mate, that pretty much wraps us up. Yeah, certainly does. Wonderful. Okay, well, plug it in, plug it out. So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingPod. That's wrestling without the E. Or you can go to WrestlingPod.com. Again, that's wrestling without the E for all the links you'll need. So that's you know where to listen, find our personal Twitter, or you know uh, links to anything you need relating to the podcast. Basically, anything else? I think you've covered it there, Gareth. So in the meantime, folks, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the grabs. <laughs>